Welcome to the podcast of Tony Mayo, the business owner's executive coach. This podcast is the audio from our free weekly webinar, Tuesdays with Tony at 12. You can see the video, download the slides and other materials at tiny.cc slash TWTony. That's T-I-N-Y dot C-C slash T-W-T-O-N-Y, all lowercase. And today is all about asking more questions, how to be more effective and more empathetic. Because I find that sometimes when people learn this technique, probably from someone other than me, that they see it as being too dominating, too manipulative. And sure, you can use it that way. Uh, the, the force could be used uh, like Darth Vader or like Luke Skywalker. Uh, in this case, I hope you'll use it to, to be more empathetic, to understand better what other people are feeling. And this really was the key to me learning empathy. I am far from a natural. Uh, I actually said once uh, I was having a, a dispute with my wife. It was one of the classics where she got so frustrated with me that she walked out of the house and sat on the back patio. And after a while, I followed her out there, but I had no idea what to say. And we sat there quietly so long that it started to snow, which looked pretty in the spotlights. And then we sat there a little longer until the spotlights went out because nobody was moving. <laughs> and finally, she just, she said, you just uh, don't get uh, what, how things are for me. Oh, no, no, no. She said, you're just not empathetic. And I honestly said in response, I have no idea how you could feel that way. Luckily, I heard myself <laughs> and I decided to set out to be a bit more empathetic. And maybe the, the, the biggest change in my life uh, since I learned more about coaching and did more coaching is I'm no longer satisfied with acting on my assumption of what's going on in the heads over there. Uh, I ask questions, I clarify, I find out uh, what's going on there uh, before I start piling on with, with my interpretations and assumptions. Sometimes I feel like I've been at this coaching thing for so long, 25 years, uh, that I'm not always sure what specialized jargon and what's understandable in general. Uh, have what I, is what I've said so far make sense or are you, yeah. you concerned about uh, what's going on? Totally makes sense, yes. Yeah. So when I talk about interpretations and the conversations going on inside our head, that's, that's not too weird for you. All right. Well, I had this instruction about uh, using the chat window for questions, but there's just a few of us here. So feel free to just jump in at any time with whatever questions, concerns you have. Uh, here's a link to the, the main resource for today. Uh, it's an article uh, called uh, Curiosity and Clarifying. One more question. And you can go there and download this the PDF version. That'll be uh, easy to refer to. Maybe you've done that already. Um, so this is, the principle is, when someone asks you a question, or even makes a statement uh, that sort of implies a question, uh, we want to respond with a clarifying question, find out more about what it is they're looking for, what they mean. And often, this is not a matter of them uh, withholding it or stating it uh, for an obscure, to be obscure. I find that when I ask questions, 
uh, particularly in a sales situation or I'm trying to help someone make some other decision, which is a big part of a coach's job, just helping other people make decisions. Uh, the questions help them think it through. They haven't quite decided what it is they need, what they want. And by asking the questions, often they come up with their own conclusions, their own answers. Uh, I don't have to put much more into it into, beyond some sincere curiosity and, and a willingness to contribute. Uh, also gives me an opportunity to do something that uh, one client described as, Tony lets the silence do the heavy lifting. Uh, so we'll just wait sometimes, give people a moment to think, to try out some different words and articulate it. Uh, they, they can come up with better alternative solutions and approaches. And even more important, they're more committed to those outcomes and those solutions. They're more likely to follow through than on something that we pressed and pushed and poured on lots of evidence about. Uh, we like our own ideas best. So uh, I like it best when I can help people come up with their own ideas. Uh, so we've got that resource, we've got that. And here's another one that you may not have seen before. I'm just now making it available for, for download. Uh, these are some specific questions you can ask. I know it's very tiny and hard to read, but if you go to that uh, web address, this is Google's web uh, URL shortener, goo.gl slash, and it is case sensitive. So you've got to make sure you've got that capital L, four six, small s, capital B, and then J. And that will let you download a PDF. It's a three page PDF. Um, it has some, it's, it's out from, from a sales course uh, that I taught and developed. And perhaps the key thing here is, is these uh, questions, actual questions you can ask and work into your, your routine uh, for getting things clear with people. All right, so I'm going to uh, stop the screen share so that we can all see each other a little bit better. All right, so are there situations uh, that you've been in recently or things that uh, you may see on the horizon where uh, you'd like to be more adept at inquiring, finding out what's on people's minds, what it is they really want to do? So let's uh, give you some specifics we can work with if you've got something on your mind, Cone or uh, Jane. I have one. Mm -hmm. um, situation came up yesterday and I'm trying to make a decision on. Um, and I'm not quite sure where I fit with this group. Um, there's a group in this area called Happy Healthy Women, and it's a networking group. And I spoke with the lady who owns the group, who runs the group, and I was left with feeling, for one, she was five minutes late for the call, and she was rushed through the call, and she didn't remember speaking to me, even though she and I had met two months ago. And she didn't recall me, didn't remember me at all. And um, I'm trying to figure out whether it's best to join the group or not, because I want to be able to give my input, my, be able to give my support and my energy. But I had felt like I was very much um, just rushed through, like she didn't take the time to get to know me. And it, yeah, this may not be the best situation for this call. This, I'm just thinking as, as I'm saying, but, but looking back, I was wondering if I could have better asked better questions with her instead of just allowing her to rush me off the phone. Yeah. 
because I don't, I don't really understand, like, to be honest with you, I don't really now understand what my role will be in the group because I didn't stop to get any clarify. I didn't clarify any questions because I sensed from her, she just wanted to get off the call fast because mm -hmm. she said that she was very busy that day. She kind of repeated it a few times. So you, you left with this almost the same question you had going into the call. You may even have lost ground on your certainty with that. I, I feel like I actually lost ground. Um, how, how do you think she was left? Was it just something she was checking off her list? or I was being checked off her list. Yeah. Yeah, because after that, she just sent me the application, went awesome, fill it in, and we'll go from there. And it's a paid group. Mm. And so I'm holding off on my credit card right now because now I'm really thinking about it. So I'm tempted to meet with her, ask for a second meeting with her, a third meeting with her. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll bring in two concepts from sales that I think apply here. Remember, sales is just getting other people to take action on your goals. Okay. And you hope those goals so coincide. So you can see we're doing sales lots of times, trying to influence people to take particular steps that would help us towards our, our goals. All right, so one is a, a line used in cold calls and the other is a concept I'll call the, uh, the rescue call. Okay. So straight from uh, David Sandler, who had a huge influence on how sales is taught these days, with his revolutionary system, oh, 25, 30 years ago. He, just, he experimented and came to the conclusion that one of the best things to say early in a phone conversation, maybe it's one of the first things you say after a greeting on a cold call is, sounds like maybe I caught you at a bad time. Mm. And it's, it, it's funny how well this works. I mean, I've used this with people who heard me teach it to them in class and they still click right into, oh, I must have done something to make this person feel like I'm in a hurry or I'm not interested. Or they, they, they take the sense of responsibility of trying to fix the call when you say, oh, it sounds like maybe I caught you at a bad time. If, for me, uh, that question is based on nothing other than they answered the phone. <laughs> it's a bad time when I make the phone ring. Uh, not me personally, but just in general. Uh, I don't know if many of us look at the phone, hear a phone ring and think, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to do that thing I was trying to do. Uh, so I think it's entirely sincere to start off with, sounds like maybe I caught you at a bad time. And every word in there is tested carefully. So sounds like that okay. means you're on the telephone, you, implies you heard something that made it, it seem off. Okay. But then you take it back and we say, Mike, maybe I caught you at a bad time. But then you take some more responsibility. I caught you at a bad okay. time. And then you wait and see how they respond. Sometimes they'll, they'll apologize and say, could I just finish this one thing or could we reschedule? All those things are fine with me. Uh, what I want to make mostly do is shake things up so people are paying attention now in the moment. Okay. Not just because it serves my end, but people need more of that. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that can wake them up. Uh, I remember once listening years ago to a Tony Robbins tape, and he says he sees all these ads for using hypnosis to influence people. He says, we don't need more hypnosis. We need more ways to wake people up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I see Cohen's lips moving, but I don't Thank know. Thank you. I, hear it. I assume you're talking about me and not to me. I am talking about you, Tony, but only good things. <laughs> I haven't caught you at a bad time, have I? No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
Um, did I make you feel that way? <laughs> Pop quiz. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in a conversation and listening at the same time. It's very uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that do you think opening with something like that or even a few minutes call with the, the organization? It'll work. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Yeah. 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 So the other one I mentioned is, is what I call a rescue call. Uh, sometimes you hang up and think, oh, gee, why didn't I say that? Or why'd I go for that? Uh, fine. Take another crack at it. Many times I've called someone back immediately or even a few days later, say I'm finally writing up that proposal or whatever document I promised to them. And I realize I'm not quite on target with it or I'm not sure I am. I'll call them and say, you know, I was thinking over our phone conversation. I realized there are a few things I'm not clear about. So I thought it would be saving your time if we went over that now rather than after I submitted a document that might not be right or showed up to make a talk that might not be quite on target. Uh, and that's, this shows that you're conscientious, that you care about the outcome. And then I'll bring up whatever point that was on my mind. Uh, Jane, do you see a way to, to make a rescue call around this one that would have her feel comfortable? I do actually because um... I, I like the group and I want to participate in the group. And I just, I, I, want to, I want to do a good job with this group. And I can also see there's an excellent potential for me to build my platform and to meet more, more women and to work on more speeches. And it's a, there's, a, there's a lot of um, potential and, and opportunity there. So I do think making a rescue call um, would be a good plan. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what is it you need to find out to be comfortable that you can accomplish these things in the group? I want to be able to find out if, um, so I want to be able to, because I'm working on a book for Reclaim Your Spark. So I want to be able to find out if I'll be able to, be able to do um, like roundtable discussions oh. with the ladies in the group I want, without having to charge because um, I find that everybody in the group charges for workshops. Ah. So, so there's some questions I definitely were left without being a, a sum with assumptions. I just don't want to go into this with assumptions. Very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they want to get you in the group and have you pay to be in the group, your negotiating power will probably never be more than it is right now. Okay. Okay. So if you want to ask for some change in the procedures, this is the time to ask before they get your money. Okay. Okay. Thank All right. So this sheet uh, with, with the specific questions. Some, now, the thing is, I, I don't want you to do this the way I do it. It has to be natural in your language. I'm sure in Canada, it's much more polite than it would be in, in New York where I trained. <laughs> There's a lot of please and thank yous. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry. Hey, Michael, how are you? Oh, he's gone. He just popped in by mistake. <laughs> I saw Michael Hudson's face for just a second there. Okay. Uh, lots of flashing pictures. By the way, the extra Tony Mayo is my laptop so I can see what you're seeing, give myself a little uh, confidence that things are going well. Uh, one that's almost all purpose to the point where, and, and Cohen, I think, heard me make this joke at HPS when I was giving a presentation on sales, is I will admit sometimes my mind wanders when I'm on the telephone. And there was, there's been a few conversations. I remember the first time this happened when there was a pause that I detected and realized it was my turn, but I had no idea what they had just said, but that's okay. Cause I had my questions handy and I just said, tell me a little more about that. 
and they did. And one of the reasons I justify that is people so seldom tell you what they mean or what really matters the first time through. Uh, they need another chance. Now, once they, there's a supposedly, I, I can't uh, confirm this, but there is an Irish expression that translates as, how do I know what I think till I hear what I say? And many of us are, are like that. So I help the people uh, to say things by asking questions about what they think. Uh, I, I put these questions into uh, four categ five categories. One is to clarify the details. And one of the things I'm going for is what I call cinematic clarity, as though I were going to have to go off with a crew and actors to shoot this scene. I want what they describe to be that clear, because I may be delivering this uh, performance or document or service. Uh, so it has to be just as clear as uh, you would for a movie script. So going for cinematic clarity, that means particular people, particular places, times, dates, and so on. The other one is to explore time. If they're describing some problem they've had or a concern they see in the future, uh, I can ask them is, well, what are you concerned would happen after that? Uh, what are you afraid might stop happening? And what do you think led up to that? What were the events before? What were your earliest clues? Where are the roots? So people can explore that temporal aspect of it. Another is expose, expose the impact. So this is a classic for sales. If you're gonna be asking for them for $100,000 for your solution, let's make sure they see that the problem is costing them more than that. So we explore the costs. You know, they say, well, it results in higher employee turnover. A lot of people would stop at that point. Oh, great, I can solve employee turnover. But let's say, well, when you say high, what is high for you? How long do people stay? How many people do you need to replace in a given month or quarter or year? Hmm, you're replacing uh, 10 people each quarter. What's your recruiting costs? So there's outside fees, there's the time internally, there's lost work time, there's missed productivity from the empty seat. To really get them to be specific about what is it costing. And when they start adding these things up, they, they'll see it's 200, $400,000 a quarter well, then your $100,000 solution starts to look like a bargain instead of just a big chunk of money. This is a particularly important business to business because people are often dealing with amounts that don't have any tangible reality from their personal life. Or worse, they do. And they think, gee, that, I could buy a car for that. It's not their money. <laughs> so if you're asking for money, let's get them very clear on uh, where the money's coming from and what money they're, they're saving. And even if it's not cash, uh, there's other things involved. When people are making a decision, they're giving up some of their security. Uh, they, they're exposing themselves. They're using up their capital within the company, their reputation. People hate the idea of getting taken, of being taken advantage of, of being taken for a ride. So the more they say the reasons they want to go forward with a decision, uh, the more comfortable they're going to be getting with it. So we're giving them some security in exchange for the money they're giving up, which is also security. So exposing the impact. The, the other, the fourth of the five types is examine the emotion. Yeah. When people describe some problem, oh, well, how did it make them feel? Uh, how did it affect the morale of the group? How do they feel about it now? Are they worried? Are they concerned? Are they hopeful? Are they excited? All these things are 
valuable to know. We want to explore emotions because just look at the word emotion. E means out of or from. Motion is movement. So the idea of emotions is these are the feelings that cause us to take action. So I'm in the business of having people take action as a speaker, as a performer, as a coach, as a salesperson. So I need to know what their emotions are because that's where their emotions will come from. Their actions come from emotion. And yet in business, we so often try to make rational decisions. No such thing. There may be some rational ways to expose more information, but without emotions, there's no decisions. Uh, the neurologist, uh, Damasio, uh, talks about a case study of a fellow who had his uh, amygdala uh, destroyed. The amygdala you may have heard of, it's every speaker's favorite part of the brain. It's where anxiety and fear are triggered. Uh, they react very quickly and very, uh, 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 very powerfully. Well, he didn't have one. And it turns out two things happened in this person's life. Some people might say, hey, he turned into Mr. Spock. He's completely irrational. Life is so easy. But you still have to have an emotion to decide which solution is preferable. No emotion, no preferences. Sure, you can rationally find out the thing most likely to satisfy a preference, but the preference is emotional. This person had his business uh, fall apart for two reasons. One was he couldn't come up with a reason to sign a contract. He would spend more time figuring out what pen to use and whether it was a good business deal because he had no emotions to help him choose. Plus, without emotions of his own, of fear and concern, he found it impossible to read other people's motivations and emotions. And he was continually being cheated, taken advantage of because he didn't have that insight to other people's motivations. So we explore emotions with questions. How does it make it feel? Uh, if your staff told me how they felt about this, what might I hear? Uh, I generally like to avoid doing a remedial or corrective coaching because I don't want to go into a hostile uh, resistant relationship with, but occasionally for an existing client, they have a very valuable employee who needs some help to, to fit into their culture. The first time I did this, I almost turned it down, but I needed the money. <laughs> so I said, how can I do this without accusing the person, without confronting them, or about making them feel like I know something bad about them, all of which is going to put up big barriers to coaching. I sat down with him. I said, the company's spending this money on coaching because you're so valuable. You're doing a great job. And nobody's perfect. If there was something you needed to work on, what do you think it would be? And if you're not sure, tell me what your wife would think you need to work on. And he told me exactly the problem that I was brought in to deal with. And that's happened over and again ever since. People know. They know that their, their language is too coarse, their attendance is a problem, that they're impatient, uh, that they run on uh, and, and don't uh, wrap up their conversations quickly enough. You know, adults have figured this out. And when you ask them, what would you like help with? they tell you the thing that everyone else is complaining about. So uh, going around it by asking uh, what their spouse or their staff or their uh, colleagues think is the problem is another way to motivate people to take the corrective action. And finally, lots of words that are soothing. Uh, you know, I felt the same way. I hear this quite a bit. Uh, I understand that. Uh, 
This isn't so much questions, it's just a way to uh, put some lubricant in the question process so that it doesn't seem like you're the investigating officer uh, trying to find out everything that's wrong with them. Yeah? Well, letting them know that this is uh, not surprising, it's not unusual, you can understand how they would feel that way. That's an all-purpose one, because even if you think they're, they're lunatics, you can say, well, I can understand why you would feel this way. <laughs> uh, but it gives people more room to, to express themselves and feel comfortable. All right, Jane, uh, anything you want to ask about that or apply to a particular situation? No, 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 thank you. No, thank you very much. All good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's today's content. So uh, we'll just uh, move on with that. Next, uh, so handle the questions. All the materials will be there. And next time, we're going to talk about a concept that coaches like a great deal, and that is the breakthrough. You know, there are lots of ways to get incremental improvement, to do things uh, better, faster, harder, longer. But breakthroughs in coaching are about those discontinuous changes. So instead of having things kind of plug along like this, suddenly there's a jump and you're operating from a new plateau. That's what breakthrough is all about. And there are ways to increase your chances of having a breakthrough that we'll talk about next Tuesday at this same time. Thank you. All right, Jane, take care. Cheers. I look forward to your next podcast. <laughs>